2: Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the tailgate edition because we are truly tailgating. As this podcast drops, we are on the verge of the eighth straight appearance for the Oklahoma Sooners in the Super Regional. We are in Auburn, Alabama. As a matter of fact, as we tape this, the Sooners just wrapped up practice preparing for the rematch, not just of the season opener, the Sooners lost it, 3-2 3-2 in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. But also of the Women's College World Series final, the Sooners took two of the three games in order to win their third national championship. So, in other words, it's OU and Auburn because that's basically what happens in every single sport anymore. We've seen it in basketball, obviously in football. It just, uh, women's gymnastics competed against Auburn this year. It just seems as if in every single sport... Oklahoma and Auburn end up playing each other. And, you know, you couldn't ask for a more challenging opponent. And, you know, it's it's really interesting because you're going to hear from Nicole Pinley, Paige Lowry, and Kelsey Arnold coming up here in just a bit. And then what I think might be one of the more unsung heroes from the Oklahoma Sooners and FCA director, Sarah Roberts. I think everyone's going to really enjoy her story and as she gives you uh, kind of the behind-the-scenes the message that she shares with Oklahoma Sooner Softball and her long relationship with Patty Gasso as she prepares does Sarah to move on from Oklahoma after a, a, a long time. We'll, we'll spend time on that coming up later on in the podcast, and I'm really excited for you to hear that because I think it's pretty special, and I think it's pretty important, not only the work that Sarah has done with the Sooner Softball team, but the, the work that she's Been able to do in these women's lives. So that's coming up here in just a bit. But let me give you a a couple of quick nuggets just so you're prepared for softball this weekend. Depending on when you're consuming this, if it's Thursday night or or, or Friday, or heck, maybe you've waited until after the game on Friday and it's Saturday. Here's a couple of notes for you. We'll get things started at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network at 2.45. Now, for those of you in the Oklahoma City and the Norman area, that's KEBC 1560 AM. And we'll have a listen live link for you on Soonersports.com. If you have the iHeartRadio app, simply search Franchise 2 and you can find us Uh, on TuneIn Radio app by also searching Franchise 2. When the Sooners, notice I said win, when they advance to the Women's College World Series, we'll be on the network and we'll have all kinds of affiliate information for you on that. The Sooners, of course, advanced to the Super Regional, becoming the first team since 1985, this is not the good note, to be defending national champs and lose their first game in the regional. They then became one of just eight teams since 2007 to lose their first game and then come back to qualify for the Super Regional. They of course had the dramatic walk off win against Tulsa on Sunday and then the pretty dominating 3-0 performance against the Golden Hurricane on Monday to advance to the showdown with Auburn. Sooners 4-2 all time against Auburn. They opened the season against each other with Auburn winning the game Three to two, and Oklahoma and Auburn have played seven common opponents in 2017 BYU, Evansville. Mississippi State, Nebraska, North Dakota State, Ole Miss, and Washington. OU went 7-2 and two against those teams with losses, obviously, to North Dakota State and Washington. While Auburn was 9-2 and two with setbacks versus Ole Miss and Washington. You notice there's a few more because, obviously, Oklahoma only played Ole Miss once. Auburn played him three times. So, again, with the conference tie-in there, also with Mississippi State, there's a few big, larger numbers. I think this is going to be a fun weekend. I think this is going to be a fun series I don't think you're want, uh, going to want to miss it. So, uh, enough with all my little notes and everything that I'll probably use again if you listen to the pre-game show tomorrow. I, I kind of want to share what we learned today at practice. So, we had a chance to start things off by catching up with Nicole Pinley. All right, we're getting ready for OU and Auburn in the Super Regional. Nicole Pinley has been hitting the ball well recently. Nicole, what's kind of been the key to your success at the play?
1: I think just preparation with JT and just in practices. um, He creates a really good plan for the game we're about to play. So I think just preparation is key right now.
2: Take me through the workout. How did it feel out there?
1: Uh, It was a lot of fun. Uh, It's just filling out the opponent's field, getting used to their um, area, used to their fence, used to their texture of the field. But I think it went well.
2: And what's your excitement level like to finally get this thing started?
1: (laughs) It feels like it's been you know, a week, and it's probably been two days. I think we're all really excited, just anxious to play, so getting this practice over and done with was pretty exciting.
2: What do the fans mean to you? Tell me about the need for fan support here this weekend.
1: You know, we know they're going to be out here. We have the best fans in the world, and we're all just really excited to see you.
2: And then from Nicole, we talked a little bit with Paige Lowry, who was phenomenal last week in the regional. Paige, you had a really, really solid regional. Can you kind of take us through what the, the key to your success was against Tulsa and North Dakota State?
1: Um, I think the first game that we lost, we were kind of like, okay, our backs are against the wall. We have to win every game from here on out. And it kind of brings out a different mentality in all of us. And I think it was just do or die at that point. And just have to have a strong mentality going through the rest of the games.
2: For you, you haven't been at this point with this team, but you've been there here before. Does that experience help you from a different perspective?
1: I mean, personally, I've never won a Super Regional game. So hopefully we can go change that this weekend, and I think that um, we're just really anxious to play. We're looking forward to it, and I don't feel pressure. I don't think any of us really feel pressure. We're just really excited to go out there, and I think that um, not feeling the pressure will help us.
2: Take me through what you see in Auburn. What kind of stands out as you prepare for the Tigers?
1: Um, They're a really solid team all the way around. I think that we just have to play our best, and um, if we go out there and do what we need to do, then we can get the job done.
2: And take me through what Sooner softball fans mean to you. Obviously, the three, the hands up. You, uh, I know you guys feed off this. What do these fans mean to you?
1: Um, engaging them in the games last weekend was so fun. And I mean, it helps us so much when they're really into the game. And we're just really excited for them to come and support us. And I know our biggest fans will be here. So we're just excited to engage them in the game as well.
2: And then from Paige Lowry, it was time to catch up with the captain, junior Kelsey Arnold. All right, Kelsey Arnold. Take me through what really inspired this team and kept you guys focused last week, despite the tough start in the regional.
3: I mean, I think we inspired ourselves. We didn't want to go home. I. Um, Coach Gassa keeps us pumped up, tells us we're, not, we're never out of the game. It doesn't matter as long as we have one more pitch left. We're going to be fighting the, the whole way through.
2: Take me through practice, how did it feel? Obviously, a unique infield, a little bit bouncier than you're used to or kind of familiar?
3: I mean, it's a little bit bouncier, but, I mean, after getting a few ground balls, you should be able to adjust. Coach really focuses on adjusting and just making the plays. You don't have an excuse. Even though we're at, not at our home field, we still have to be able to make plays no matter where we go.
2: You have really developed as a leader this year, and it's been something you've worked on quite a bit. Can you kind of take us through some of the steps that you've taken to really step up as a leader?
3: Um, I believe I've become more vocal. I'm coming out of my shell. I normally stay in my comfort zone, and I don't really say much. I try to just do my best and lead by example, and this year my role has been more of leading by being more vocal and just... Stepping out of my comfort zone and making sure that my teammates feel comfortable wherever they are.
2: Comfort, obviously. You guys feel good playing together. You feel like you're playing your best softball right now?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think earlier in the year you would have never saw us fight like that, and I think that we've developed the fight over the year and just getting more comfortable with each other, more team bonding. I mean, we're ready. I mean, We want to make it to the World Series. Again,
2: we'll get underway tomorrow at 3 o'clock, or depending on when you hear this, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, Friday at 3 Saturday at noon and Sunday at noon. There's a lot of cool side stories. There's a lot of challenging side stories, there's a lot of real life side stories with this team in 2017. But one of the neatest things that I've ever seen and something that kind of touched me on a personal level and I think many of you who watched last year as well too is you know, it might sound cheesy, but it's true was during the Women's College World Series when you would see all the fans in the stands with their hands up, and you saw it return last year in the regional, but you noticed there was a twist this year in which the players held three fingers up in the air. I'd asked Coach Gasso about it during the pregame show on Sunday, and she had told me my speculation, which was, hey, is is this as simple as saying three wins, was way off base because it was much different than that. So I went to find out more about not just the hands-up story, but also the three. So I caught up with FCA director for women's coaches, Sarah Roberts, and we talked a little bit, not just about this team, not just about Faith, but obviously her relationship with Sooner Softball and head coach Patty Gasso. Can you kind of take us through how you became involved, not just with FCA, but with Oklahoma softball and how that became such a an integral part, not just of, of them, but but of you too?
4: Um, well, actually, this is actually my eleventh year to be with the team, and with my role with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I um, serve female coaches. And one of my very first coaches I was introduced to was Coach Gasso, and I remember sitting down and we just started a friendship and a relationship. And I basically told her that out of all the people um, in Division One athletes, there or in athletics. There's people who are going to want something from you all the time, and I want to be the one person that gives to you. I want to be your safe place, awesome. your encouragement, and um, so that's how it started with um, my my ministry of just with her as a female coach, and then she came to me one day and said, I would love for you to do for my team what you've done for me, and so that was 11 years ago, and um, that's where we are today.
2: But we should point out there's also an emotional side to this because when we say eleven years, this is also the last of the eleven years, right? how um uh, <sighs> <how, laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to wait till the end for that, but uh, I know. I'm sorry, but how how emotional Sarah has this been? how I don't want to say challenging because it's never a challenge, but it's also it's also tough to say goodbye. I, I left a job that I worked at for twenty years. It's been a blessing to come here to Norman, but it's always hard to say goodbye, especially whenever it's been on the level that you've been on with Coach Gasso and this team.
4: Oh, my goodness, without a doubt. I mean, there are days that um, I can't not cry um, because this is – everything that we do in the Ministry of SCA is relational. And so when we're talking about these relationships that we have built over the past 11 years and – and the former athletes and the current athletes and the former staff and the current staff, um, yeah, it's definitely emotionally overwhelming, um, to say the least. And believe me, we would not be leaving where we are and where God has us here and where He's had us here if we didn't feel like He was leading us somewhere else. And so um, as sad as I am, I will always be a Sooner. And, um, for me, um, I think sadness is just a, um, something that shows that love took place. And I love this team. I love these girls and I love this coaching staff. So as sad as I am, it's because love took place. So, um, I will not, um, that's not a negative for me. And I'm going to take the, the love that I have here and I'm going to go do it somewhere else. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a bittersweet moment for me and my family.
2: Okay, there, I I hope everyone has seen it by now, but it, you can't just capsulize eleven years in two moments. I think that stand out <laughs> for fans, but we're we're gonna try to do it because I gotta be honest with you, Sarah. There's not a single moment, and I, I, I I'm not trying to sound cool when I say this, but when I see the fans with their hands up. And then I see the, the the players that did it as well, too. And it was a constant thing during the Women's College World Series last year. Uh, and then they started doing it again for the first time this year on Saturday. And I looked up and I saw it and I saw the players realize that the fans were doing it. And I got to admit, I can't talk. And I'm the play-by-play guy. So what am I going to do when I'm getting all emotional and I'm getting choked up? Because I understand the story behind it. When, when you saw how that took off from a message that you shared with the team, can you even begin to put into words what that meant to you?
4: No, because I'm crying right now. Oh, no. Um,
2: just, <laughs> <laughs> um, just
4: to hear you um, put into words the impact that, that the Word of God had, um, not what I had, but, but the, the, what the Word of God had, um, that is an emotional, um, for me because to me it's watching, um, biblical stories come to life because in my personal walk and my personal belief, I believe every story in the Bible is there to help us get through our stories now. And so, um, to see that come alive, um, is very emotional for me and, um, it's emotional for them and hopefully it's emotional for, for all that, to watch it as well.
2: Can you tell us the story that led to the hands up? What was uh, you know we we've read it and I and I thought it was great to see so many people share it. But Sarah, where did that message birth and, and kind of how did you come about that story?
4: Well, um, Coach Gasol called during the World Series, which you know we, this was not our first rodeo. I'm, <laughs> I'm always on call um, when it comes to the World Series, and and uh, I got the call, and she said can you come and speak, um, uh, do a chapel at the hotel? And I said, of course, I said, from being inside the the locker room and and um, the dugout, what, what are they needing? What are they feeling? What are they going through? And I'll never forget, she said, Sarah, they're tired. They, you know, if you remember last year, there was the rain delay, so there was no break. They played day after day after day, and they were exhausted, and Paige was exhausted, because she hadn't had a day off either, and so um, I just started praying, and I said, you know, God, what is the message? Knowing what they need, what is the message you want to give them? And I believe he is the one who, you know, led me and had me remember the story of Exodus 17, which... Is really Moses going to war, and um, he's actually up on a hill, and he's sending his the lead of his a, the leader of his army Joshua into battle, and uh, he tells Joshua, "I'm going to be up on this hill, and my hands are going to be in the air, and that's my way of saying I am for you, I am praying with you, I am praying over you, I've got your back, and um, every time Moses's hands." Um, were up, Joshua and the um, the army was winning. And every time his arms got tired and they went down, they started losing. So there was two men by the name of Aaron and Hur who came beside Moses and held his hands up. And so they were able to win the war because of this team holding up their hands um, in honor to God. And that's what I shared. And I said, we don't get through this life. We don't get through these battles. We don't get through this World Series without holding each other's hands up. And so my my encouragement to them was hold each other up, but know that us in the stands are going to be holding you up as well. And so that was the encouragement. That was the message. And um, that's what they took heart and took hold of it, and it it took up. It took off, and we were able to make the Bible come alive and say, you know what, we've got each other's back inside the park and on TV and in the stands. And uh, that's, that's, that was the story, and that's how it took off.
0: I, I had to
2: collect myself, sorry. Um, because I see it now. I mean, when, when you saw it, I, I kind of asked the question to a certain degree, but to fine-tune it, isn't it amazing How sometimes the words, when you can, and you're an incredible storyteller. I can just tell by sitting here. I've Unfortunately, I've never been able to sit in on chapel. But I can just tell you're an incredible storyteller. Can you even begin to put into words, Sarah, when you see it play out and you see it embraced and you see those words inspire, what does that say to you? What does that do for you? Oh,
4: um, I remember the first time. Again, I'm going to cry again. Um, <laughs> um, I remember um, them coming off, and we, we, we had the, I had the opportunity to share with the, the, the parents and everything um, that when they come off, that our hands are going to be going up, and that's going to show them. Oh,
2: that's cool. And
4: I remember the moment that our hands all went up, and the girls' hands, the looks on their face, and then their hands went up was, um, emotional, and I just, um, I, I began to cry, because, you know, first of all, that's what I do. Um, I think (laughs) I have the spiritual gift of crying, and, um, so, um, it was, it was, it was an emotional, um, but I told the girls, um, I told them last year, and I told them this year, if this just stays in the softball field, then we've lost it. God has given you the platform so that you can give him back the glory. So don't miss the big picture. And um, so it's it's definitely overwhelming. It was overwhelming. It's still overwhelming when I see um, when I see the people with their hands raised. I see pictures. Um, it's still overwhelming to this day.
2: So there's every every year I don't want to say there is a new message because there's one message and that's glorifying him through your actions in your life and everything you do. But I was really taken because I saw the threes on Saturday and and, actually on Sunday, excuse me. And so I went to coach Gasso and I did the interview with her. I think it was in the pregame on Monday. And I said, coach was the three as simple as saying that you need three wins. And coach kind of gave me the smile and she says, Oh no, it's much deeper than that. (laughs) <laughs> so take me through the story of the three warriors and how that's kind of been the message pushed towards this team during this postseason run.
4: Well, once again, nothing has ever spoken without prayer being given. And so as I was um, knowing that this was going to be, you know, my last message to them um, here, um have prayed and prayed, God, what, what message do you want them to have? And um, it's actually one of my family's favorite stories of the entire Bible, so much so that every single one of my kids' is numbers um, that they do for sports is number three. And um, I shared this story, which takes place um, in Second Samuel, and it's the story of David, you know, we always hear the story of David and Goliath. I mean, that's the, the main one. But this is my favorite one as when he's the leader of the army, not just a little boy in it. And so um, here's a guy that you have that I shared with the girls that here's a guy who led an army. He, he represented a nation, but he went to war with a team. And then I described what this team consisted of. And it was 30 mighty men, but it actually, amongst those 30 mighty men, there was the three. And every time it's mentioned in the Bible, it's capitalized, the three, like it was their name. It was their team name or something. And so, um, and so it, I took them through the stories of the three, of the three mighty men and just shared with them that This successful team that David put together, he found someone to lead with him, he found someone to stand behind him, and he found somebody to stand for him. And so that's what I I took him through, what this team meant and what this team did um, for David and what they could do together as a team for each other. And so... That was kind of a, I, I, I shared a little, you know, personal. Anytime our kids are um, on the court or on the field and they might be struggling or they just need to see mom and dad encouragement a little bit, they'll look up in the stands and we'll hold the number three. And that just tells them that no matter what, their mom and dad has their back and that we're the number one fans and we're going to be here um, for them no matter what. And so um, that is just a brief overstatement of – um, what I shared that day and then the very last story I shared was the moment that um, David, it shares with him the stories of these three. And then it says, David wanted a drink of water and simply just said, you know what, I could really use a drink of water right now. And the three broke lines to go fight a battle to get him that water. And he said, you know what, this water, I'm not even going to drink it because it's not worth your life. And I was sharing with the girls, David knew at that point in time it wasn't about he, and it wasn't even about we. Um, it was all about God. So we got to get past that. It. It's not about me. It's not about even we. It's about him. And um, so we're going to go, and I challenge them not to just find the three on the team, but be the three on the team.
2: That's awesome. And so, not just find it, be it.
4: That's, that's the, that's the, the story, um, biblically, and what I shared with the girls, and they took it. They, they took that, um, that story and said, you know what, we're going to make it ours. We're going to be with each other, stand for each other, and have each other's
0: back.
2: Man. And, ha- and have they? I, I get a really unique perspective, and I know, Sarah, you do too, because I travel with this team everywhere. Um, we mm. do, we've do. we done all the games for the last two years, and I was fortunate enough to do a handful of games. And I'm not trying to say, oh, this sport does it better, or this sport does it different, but there's something pretty special about what Patty Gasso does beyond just the field with these young women, mm. isn't it? Oh, my
4: goodness. It's um, you know, I, I, get to, I get the opportunities to speak around the country to different teams and, and different FCA groups. And, um, there's very few coaches who are willing to go past the X's and O's of the game. And in FCA, we call that the three dimensional coach. Yes. So most coaches are good at the first dimension. as the X's and O's. Some of them will even go to the next level and go to, you know, strong minds and do whatever it takes to be mentally tough, but very few coaches will ever get to that third dimension, which is the heart. And if you can grab the heart of a, uh, an athlete, you will have them for life. And that's what Coach Gasso does so well is, yes, she knows her stuff on the field, but she cares for them just as much off. And so she's, a, she's what we call an SGA three-dimensional coach and gets to the heart of each and every single one of the players, and that's encouraging.
2: Sarah, if there are people that uh, are listening to this and they haven't known much about FCA, I know you've even, what, written a book as well, too, as a speaker. What are some ways that maybe fans or supporters can help out? Is there a website we should check out? Is there a way to get in touch with you? What's the best way to help support FCA and the support you give to athletics?
4: Well, it's, um, you can always go to okfca.org in Oklahoma. And when we say we want you involved, it means we want you involved. <laughs> and we, we do it in three different, in three different kind of ways of, of how to get um, people involved. We want you um, involved as volunteers. We want you, which we call that participation. Um, we want you involved in participation. We want um, you involved in support. Um, we are a nonprofit ministry, so support is definitely um, something needed in the ministry, but above all, we want and need prayer more than anything. We are in a battle um, in this world, uh, and I don't think we have to look too far outside our window to know that um, this world is tough and it's hard, and we need all the encouragement and unconditional love that um, we can get, and we believe in FCA that that only comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. And so the fact that we can um, give that love and support because of our relationship with Jesus to other people, um, that's what we want to do. And that's, we're completely and utterly overwhelmed and blessed that we could do it through SDA. So, all that to say is um, prayer, participation, and partnership. That's where we need the help with the community for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes.
2: I know you're doing incredible things in people's life, and God's done incredible things in uh, in your life as well, too, and and I, and I really appreciate you coming on.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me. If um, I only hope um, Georgia, the state of Georgia, is half as wonderful as Oklahoma, without a doubt. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me.
2: Man, there's special people that you meet in life and Sarah is absolutely one of the more amazing people I've ever talked to, and she'll be missed. She will absolutely be missed, and I really appreciate her finding time and sharing her story with us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. You might notice we didn't mention much about baseball because, frankly, as we tape, they're still playing. So on Monday's edition, we'll get a complete recap of the Big 12 tournament and where the Sooners are heading in regional play and we'll also recap the Sooners Super Regional Showdown with Auburn. Everyone have a great weekend ESPN 2 for the first game ESPN for the final two if we need to play two more and then of course we'll have you covered on the Sooner Radio Network AM 1560 locally and of course on Soonersports.com so tune in for softball and tune in Monday make sure you subscribe at Soonersports.tv slash podcast and until our game plan edition on Monday, Boomer Sooner everybody this has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.